welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast, <laughs> where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. I am joined today by Tyler Big Irby Urbach. What's going on, man? I congratulate and applaud you on the intro. <laughs> Thank you. I tried to replicate our usual you know, host who leads us through the show, Jimbo James Dreer. He is in Greece right now. It's probably like 6 in the morning over there. We're recording this on Friday at like 9.30 at night. So obviously he cannot be with us and he's probably extremely drunk with hopefully like some kind of supermodel or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast. On today's episode, we're doing our NFL draft recap, the second half of the recap. We've been going alphabetically, so we're doing the second half of the NFL on this episode. But before we dive into all that, make sure you check our Twitter at the FF Fathers, wherever you're listening to us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Make sure you follow, like, and subscribe. Give us five stars, all that good shit, because you're going to want to fuck with us. We've been doing this for about two years now, and we're all about fantasy football all day, every day. And without further ado, unless I miss something, Big Irby, should we just dive right into this? Yeah, let's get it done. Um, yeah, let's get it done. Well, before we really dive into it, if you want to hear anything about the Lamar Jackson signing a five-year extension, Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the Jets, DeAndre Swift going to the Lions, things like that. Check our first episode of the NFL Draft Recap where we get into that pretty heavily. But until then, this is what we're talking about. Second half of the draft, which is really the second half alphabetically. And we're going to start off with my squad, the Las Vegas Raiders. And they have three fantasy-relevant picks, which is really all we're talking about is fantasy-relevant picks from the NFL, NFL draft, which makes sense. It's a fantasy football podcast, right? So let's just talk about it right now. The Raiders in round two, their first fantasy relevant pick was a trade from the Colts that they had. I think they traded up to get him. Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame. We talked about him plenty in our rookie rankings episode. I fucking love this pick, honestly. How do you feel about it, Ty? I mean, they need another pass catcher after shipping off Darren Waller. Uh, Foster Moreau, since we haven't brought him up yet, he was supposed to be out for the season with the Hodgkin's lymphoma that was diagnosed. And then just earlier this week was signed to the Saints, like a two or three year deal to be their tight end there. So apparently they got really good uh, diagnosis on that. And he's going to be ready to play. Um, so they need somebody there. He's going to immediately come in and be their tight end one. The question is, how much can he produce as a rookie tight end who traditionally aren't great? Yeah, and, that, and that's a good point. I was a little uh, salty about the Foster Moreau thing, which is sounds horrible. But obviously, yeah, he had you know that cancer diagnosis, and the Raiders, I believe, released him. Maybe it was before or after that. But I loved Foster Moreau, and I, I think Michael Mayer will be a, a nice replacement for that. Obviously, the Raiders did lose Darren Waller, so their tight end position is just like an open gaping hole. They did sign, uh, God, who did they sign? Austin Hooper and OJ Howard. 
So they have some veteran depth there, but I think still Mayer comes in and is immediately the tight end of one, unless for some reason he like really can't pick up the offense or something. Yeah, uh, I I think he is going to be the wires the you know the tight end one. I, I traded up for him to pick him up in the top of the second round of our dynasty draft because I was really worried someone was going to take him. I probably jumped Did the gun on that to one. In hindsight, yeah. But it's all good because I got the guy that I wanted. I think he will be the tight end one for them. And uh, I don't know if you saw what Gronk was saying about him, but he was getting messages like two years back. They was like, hey, this guy's like a mini Gronk back when Michael Mayer was first starting. Okay. For for Notre Dame. Yeah. So he has good things to say about him, which obviously he's not going to be Gronk, but it's it, it's a good start. So I, I'm pretty stoked on this draft pick, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he very well could be. He's by far the best blocking tight end, and he's also a good receiver, so he can certainly develop into one of the top five or three tight ends in the league. The real question is, is he going to be super fancy relevant in his rookie year? Um, I mean, do you think you can get 800 yards out of him in his rookie year? How do you think? How do you feel about that? I think 800 yards is steep. Honestly, especially with that tight end room that we just described with Austin Hooper and OJ Howard. I, I think if we get 50 targets out of Michael Mayer, you're in a good spot. And realistically speaking, let's just say he catches 35, 40 of them. You know, we're talking about a 500 yard season, unless he's a, a red zone beast. He's really not going to do much for you in the first year. Yeah. So what you're saying is that you think he's more of a dynasty play, not a redraft league play. Oh, he's definitely a dynasty play. In, in a redraft league, I'm not really targeting him because this tight end room is a little crowded, and the Raiders do have a solid receiving core. So, yeah, it's not something I'm going out of my way for. Okay, for sure. So, moving on in round three, through a bunch of different random-ass trades, the <laughs> Raiders <laughs> selected Trey Tucker from Cincinnati. How do you feel about this one? Like I just said, the Raiders have a pretty stacked wide receiver room. It's good depth at this point. I feel like that's all they were going for. But I just don't see him really um, doing much. They have Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro. And behind that, they have DeAndre Carter, who you know did some good things when he saw the field. So I really don't see like a rookie breaking into that mold like in the first year for the Raiders. Yeah, I agree. I think it's mostly there in case Hunter Renfro doesn't, you know, go back into form a couple years ago. Say that again. I was missing. Uh, it was cutting out on me. Oh, I said I think he's there mostly for depth, like you said, to be there to take over for Hunter Renfro if he doesn't, you know, turn back into form that we saw a couple years ago. Yeah, which hopefully he does, but you know, he, you know, Hunter Renfro was he has been going through some injuries the last couple of years, so yeah, definitely a death piece. So let's round this out talking about the Raiders. Round four, the Raiders selected Aiden O'Connell, quarterback from Purdue. I honestly don't know shit about this guy. Do you? Not really. Um, I did hear some rumors that the NFL liked him a lot and that's why he kind of raised up boards up to the fourth. I think originally he was looking more like a six round draft pick, draft pick there. Um, honestly, I think the 
whole Brock Purdy situation in San Francisco last year has people really searching for these, you know, uh, diamond in the rough type of guys. So Aiden O'Connell might be a long-term play for Las Vegas. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be there forever. Uh, he's always hurt. He's, what, 33 now, something along those lines. So maybe deep, deep, deep into Dynasty, you might consider him. But again, I think that's probably three, four years down the road at the earliest, if he ever even develops into a starting quarterback. Yeah, that's a great point. That's pretty much what I was going to say. It, this is someone you're not even drafting. Not even in the third round, which at that point, you're just kind of taking flyers. Yeah. I mean, Brian Hoyer is the backup. Jimmy G is the quarterback. Fucking Joshua Daniels is the coach. It's basically Las Vegas Patriots. This kid's not going to see the goddamn field. Yeah. So it's unfortunate as a Raiders fan, but I'm not going to go on that goddamn rant because we'll do a whole episode on that one. But whatever. Let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Their first pick, round one, number 21, Quentin Johnson, wide receiver out of TCU. We they talked pretty extensively about him. Three TCU players. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. These motherfuckers basically drafted TCU's best offensive players. They drafted <laughs> two receivers and a quarterback, which we'll, you know, we'll talk about that here in a second. But they got Quentin Johnson, someone that you know we talked about a decent amount, I feel like. How do you feel about this? At best, he's their wide receiver three in this offense, right? You have Keenan Allen there. You have Mike Williams. Now, granted, both are tend to be injury prone, so he could he's going to see the field a lot, especially in the overall offense with the kid from Dallas coming over the OC, um, kid from Boise State, Kellen Moore, and uh, you know he likes to run a wide open offense, so he's going to be on the field a ton. I'm just it's all going to come down how quickly he develops that chemistry with God. Why am I blanking on so many nights? <laughs> What's the quarterback in, Chicago, in uh, the chargers? Justin Herbert. <laughs> come you. on. Uh, show some respect. I know. Dude, it's been a long damn day. So <laughs> it all comes down to that, but he's going to be on the field a, a bunch. I would expect him to have a solid rookie year. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely a deep wide receiver room. But we like, like, I liked him the most when we were talking about our rookie rankings. I had him at number two. You guys kind of gave me shit for it because, you know, there is a, a lot of very great wide receivers in this class. But, you know, long term wise, you know, Keenan Allen, he's towards the end of his career. Mike Williams being very injury prone. This is someone I, I'm interested in, you know, like, second round dynasty draft. You feel good about that? Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the first round for a dynasty. Uh, I'd be shocked if he's drafted in the second round in almost any dynasty league. Yeah, honestly, it'd be a solid grab. That's for sure. So, yeah, obviously, big body guy, the biggest, most athletic receiver, I guess you would say. Well, if you're talking about like uh, going straight, like basically off of numbers right you know his 40 time the size of him things like that the tape tells different compared to other receivers but you know he he has a lot of very promising like you know attributes to himself oh for sure i mean physically he's your quintessential wide receiver so i mean 
<laughs> you mean the Quentin Central? Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> I thought you were trying to do it. No, I wasn't. It's just I'm getting a weird reverb in these headphones, and it's throwing off the way I'm speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he might be the quintessential, you know, wide receiver in this draft. If you're, if you're talking about long term, because you know Justin Herbert's so young, and they have some aging receivers in guys that are injury prone. So for sure, let's, I mean, honestly, I wish I saw that pun coming because I didn't see it at all. Oh, it was the first thing I thought of. I'm back on my game, baby. I was <laughs> off during the offseason, but I'm back at it. So uh, let's talk about it. Obviously, the, as far as fantasy relevant guys, they drafted three TCU guys, which is extremely interesting. That's crazy to me. In round four, they drafted another TCU receiver, Darius Davis, who I know nothing about. So <laughs> oh, what do you think they're doing here with this, drafting all these TCU guys? Uh, I think they're taking the pay. The Eagles book and drafting the entire Georgia defense. They saw TCU's offense explode this year, and they're like, "We want some of that. Give me that." Yeah, and TCU, you know, historically, especially during our lifetime, you know, the past 10, 15 years, pretty explosive offense. You know, they've been pretty productive. Yeah, they've gotten better. I mean, I think you know, especially ten years ago when you had Gary Patterson there as a head coach, you were really hearing more about the defense because they ran that really unique four two five defense, which like no one else in the country ran. And they ran it to such a, a degree and a level that people were like, we should try to adopt this, which I'm not sure how many teams really did with any success. Got to know what you're doing, man. The four two five, Yeah, it just sounds so interesting. But yeah, that's a good point. So let's run this out here with round seven. They drafted Max Dubin. Well, real quick, we kind of glossed over Darius State. Um, in terms of him oh, being yeah. on the field this year, not going to be a ton. He was really more of a design play. So he's really small. He's 5'8", 165, but he's a burner. He ran like a 4-3-6. Um, so he's one of those guys that I'm sure Kellen Moore will scheme into the game, but he's not going to be fancy relevant for you um, early in his career. I would think he's going to be a guy who uh, needs to develop into that, and it'll be a, you know, a three- or four-year journey before that really happens that's a good point man i mean 5'8 165 i remember being like high school seeing like guys that were doing that i'm just like i'm not intimidated like <laughs> <laughs> obviously this guy's a freak athlete so it's not the same thing but yeah it's, yeah i don't remember playing anybody small. uh that ran a, f- a sub four four uh bishop sankey maybe i think he was closer to a four but that would have been the only guy. Yeah. Either way, we were getting our asses whooped, <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, round seven, the Chargers drafted the last of their TCU little trio here: Max Dugan at quarterback, the guy who was slinging the ball to these two fellas we were just talking about. I, I feel like, I mean, Max Dugan's got to just be like a practice squad guy, right? I mean, after Justin Herbert, honestly, I do not know who this guy is. Easton Stick, who they got in the oh, roster. He's from North Dakota State. Good athlete. Um, but Dugan is a little more in line with Justin Herbert in terms of being a more of a pocket passer that can run, where Easton Stick is pure athlete, more on like the Trey Lance type of, uh, you know, field. Uh, funny to say that, saying they went to the same school. Did they? 
Easton uh, Stick and Trey Lance. Yeah, both from Oh, Oregon and Trey Lance. State. Okay, sorry. I thought you were talking about Max Dugan. I was like, wait, hold on. I'm seeing the wrong <laughs> things here. But yeah, yeah, that's an interesting little point there. So, I mean, someone who might stick around, but not really someone we're looking at. I mean, he's a career wise. backup. There's really nothing more than that. Sounds nice, though. I'd love to get my uh, Willie Beeman on without seeing the field, you know. <laughs> Just be on the sideline, have no idea where my fucking helmet is because I'll never see the fucking field. <laughs> Willie Beeman. And all the fans. <laughs> He's got him screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you haven't watched any given Sunday, go and watch it right now. We All should do an episode. Movie. Yeah, dude. It's the best football movie ever, in my opinion. But, you know, that's just my opinion, and it's probably correct, but (laughs) (laughs) they're welcome to their own. All right, let's move on to the other team in L.A., the Los Angeles Rams. A lot more fantasy-relevant picks, but definitely towards the later rounds. And round four, they selected Stetson Bennett from Georgia. How we feel about this one right here, Stetson Bennett? You know, he has some positive things floating around about him. Obviously, played for a solid team in, with Alabama. Yeah, I got a DUI after the, uh, or I'm sorry, public intoxication charge after the national championship game in Texas. Oh, is that what they call it when you're not the color of me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, Stetson Bennett was not going to do a whole lot this year unless. Stafford end up getting hurt and dealing with that back injury and the elbow injury he's been dealing with the last couple of years. But don't be surprised if Stetson Bennett is not the heir apparent to Matthew Stafford. He's been a winner everywhere he's gone. No one thought he would could lead Georgia to a championship, let alone back-to-back ones. And that offense got better every year he was there. And he beat out really highly touted recruits to be able to take the QB1 spot there. So... I mean, it could be a year or two down the road, depending on how many years Stafford has left, but I wouldn't be surprised if Bennett is the plan B here to become the starter. And so you're saying Stetson Bennett's going to beat out Brett Rippon, who is from our own hometown. Yes. Played at our high school rival. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, yeah. we love Brett Rippon. He's from Spokane. He's the nephew of the great Mark Rippon. Won a Super Bowl with the uh, Redskins. 30 years ago, 40 years ago. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's uh, been a hot minute. But, I mean, we know what Brevin is. He's shown what he did when he could start in Denver when you know, with injuries and whatnot, and it wasn't very impressive. Yeah, but Hey, man, I'm get that money. You. Oh, yeah, get that money, baby. Be that career backup. Do what you got to do. So, yeah, I'm with you on that Stetson Bennett thing, though. I would be surprised if a few years down the line he does something productive for people. But right now, I mean, are you even targeting him? Like, let's just say the third round comes around in Dynasty Draft. Throwing him in there. I think you have to be really dire situation at your quarterback spot in a Dynasty League. I would think if it's that bad, you would have targeted one of the top quarterbacks in the first round. Um, Unless you're just a huge fan and huge believer, which if you are, go for it. But I'm not going to bank on him like becoming a star in the NFL even. I even then, even if he does become the starter, I kind of see him as a Kirk Cousins type of ceiling. Which isn't bad. Kirk Cousins, top twelve quarterback for most of our fantasy careers. Right, but that's his ceiling. 
Yeah, well, you know, I'm a positive person, so <laughs> why don't you not be so negative? And <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, though. So, obviously, um, a decent ceiling, the floor, who fucking knows, right? I mean, floor, career backup. God, sounds so good. It's a good floor to be on. I'll sleep on that floor. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next pick here. Uh, in round five, they picked up Davis Allen from Clemson. This guy is 6'6", 250. Yeah, big Pretty dude. Pretty decent size. Uh, honestly, from what I hear, he's not a great route runner, um, not even a great blocker. He doesn't really inspire a lot of anything when you watch him. But apparently when the ball in the air... This dude is like a human vacuum is literally what I'm reading on a scouting report from him. They said that he just goes up and swallows that ball. Uh, he's great at positioning his body against the defender, making mid-air adjustments, uh, great at 50-50 wins, can you know catch the ball through contact. So, I mean, Grant, he only has to beat out Tyler's Higby, which I hate to say, um, but he could end up being a red zone threat uh-huh. very early in his career. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he's got to compete with Tyler's Higby. And behind him, guys, I do not know. But, yeah, from what you just said, that makes him very interesting as like a uh, red zone threat if he does manage to seat the field. For sure. I mean, I have to, I have to say, man, that Tyler's train is taking a hit this offseason. Higby might be taking a step down. Uh, Tyler's Algier is taking a major ways a step down with Bajon Robinson being drafted into Atlanta. So I'm a little sad, man. A little sad. Yeah, you know, people aren't really naming their kids Tyler anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's an indication of, you know, the future of America. Um, everything's going to shit anyway, so maybe we should just start naming our kids Tyler more often. I mean, we're good- all great. Uh, you guys are you're all right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so and uh, two picks later, actually, the Rams selected Puka Nakua. I'm probably saying that extremely wrong. Wide receiver out of BYU, which probably. that name does not translate to me with um, BYU at all. But apparently, he played for BYU. So, I mean, h- how do you feel about this one? Obviously, they have a strong wide receiver core strong i mean do they after cooper cup i I thought you liked van jefferson i like van jefferson and ben skrowernick i mean we all like white wide receivers that can do good stuff so i mean that's true van jefferson says he's back to 100 percent, which he never was at last year so we'll see what happens there um i mean in sean mcveigh's offense Puka here has as good a chance as any to see the field and p- potentially you know make an impact, but I'm not looking at him. Oh no, definitely not. So yeah, they they drafted that guy. Cool name. Went to BYU. Probably was a total outcast, judging from his name. Um, let's talk about round six here. They drafted Zach Evans, running back from somewhere because it's not in the document and i don't know shit about these guys that are drafted out of round three zach evans oh, that's weird what? zach evans out of Ole miss he was my number two running back on our rankings uh well then talk about him <laughs> all right 
I like Zach Evans a lot. I think he's the second most complete back out of this draft outside of Bajan, obviously. I think he can do you a little bit of everything. He was a highly touted recruit. I think he was a top five or top 10 recruit when he came out of high school. He went to TCU. It didn't work out for him there, and he transferred to Old Miss, had a couple of good years. Um, he was dealing with this like nagging knee injury last year, but it should be 100%. And then great thing about going to the Rams is that the running back room is pretty wide open. We've seen some flashes from Cam Akers. But we also know he requested a trade and said he was never going to play for the Rams again last year before coming back and joining the team, which is super weird. They also have Kyron Williams there, which I know you and I really like. I think he's just kind of a winner and a great leader. Uh, but in terms of pure talent, Kyron Williams isn't on the uh, the level of Zach Evans. And I could see Zach Evans going in and, you know, splitting carries with Cam Akers and maybe eventually taking over as the RB1. That's a really good point because, yeah, the Rams running back room has been open for you know, like a year and a half now, maybe even two years. Yeah. And this guy, we're talking about a round six running back. It, this guy could totally be available to you. I mean, I don't quite remember the dynasty draft that we just did. Do you know which round he went in? You know, I'm not sure if he was even drafted. Let me double check. Oh, uh, hold up. <laughs> we to pick him up. <laughs> But yeah. Oh, <clears throat> no, little Herbie, you picked him up. Of course, your little brother did. Yeah, collusion, typical with the Herbox, but you know, we're not going to get into that. Oh, that's right. So. I was surprised because he picked him with the uh, 12th pick in the first round. <clears throat> what did you tell that? What did that's you tell crazy your thing. I remember saying it because we were kind of live when we were doing our draft, not recording, but live with each other. And I was like, that's crazy because I love Zach Evans. I have never spoken to Travis one time about Zach Evans. Something in the blood, man. Them box so they can sniff out those running backs. So, yeah, Zach Evans, someone you should be targeting in the second round because apparently the box just really love him. <laughs> and, well, on, honestly, yeah, he had good tape. He almost made my top five, but I was a little more convinced by other guys. Yeah, I know James is way off of him because he's stuck on the fact that he lost out to Kendra Miller at TCU. I think – just the talent level is just there regardless. I mean, you don't just get rid of being a top five recruit. I think he had to make major adjustments when he got to college. And now that he was a little bit humbled and had to go to transfer old miss to show what he can really do. He has a chip on his shoulder and he can come into the NFL and kill it. Yeah, I'm with you. And Ole Miss, they're not playing chumps, man. They played solid competition. So I mean, it's the SEC. Yeah, so he's out here putting solid tape out here. I'm totally with you on that one. Uh, the next one, uh, why did you do this to me? You put a punter on here? Is that did you do that on purpose? Oh, I must have missed the <laughs> ones because there was also a safety <laughs> there as well. So my bad. <laughs> okay, yeah. So um, we're just gonna that rounds out the Rams. They drafted <laughs> a punter and a safety in the seventh round, which doesn't mean absolute shit to us. Um, let's talk about the Dolphins round three. They picked Devin. Uh, Devon. Devin, oh my God. I'm just going to keep doing it. Okay. Yeah. De- Devon A Kane. A chain. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> Devon A chain running back out of Texas A&M in round three. Obviously running backs are devalued in this day and age with running backs, but we like us. Um, Devon A chain, uh, a chain. What? Fucking A, dude. Just take it from here. No, you had it right the first time. Devon A-Chain. You had it right. 
Devon A Chain. Yeah, okay. We we like this guy. So, uh, what do you got to say about Devon A Chain? I mean, we talked about him a ton in our running back uh, rankings before the draft. I think we all love him. He's small, way undersized, but he plays so much bigger than his frame is. He's so much fun to watch. He's a super speedster. He's a big play waiting to happen. And going to Miami, where he's going to be behind Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, there's a very good chance he ends up being the RB1 at some point in the season because those two guys are going to get hurt. Very good point. Those guys have a horrible history, but like everything with fantasy these days, we're talking about just hopefully coming out on top and like a, a fantasy running back committee. And in this one, you might come out on top with just having this guy. You know, Devon, I mean, either way, he's going to be on the field. They're going to want him to get him there because he's a game breaker. So even early in the season, he's going to get on the field. Is he going to be fantasy relevant? No, outside of maybe getting a long touchdown here or there. Uh, but he's somebody that should be, especially dynasty wise, needs to be rostered. And I wouldn't mind kind of holding him at the end of my roster and redraft leagues. Oh yeah, honestly, it's someone I'd be looking at towards you know the last four or five rounds. When you, if you have a solid squad, you're just trying to, you're trying to fill it out. I'm definitely with that one. And a, a four three two forty. I mean, it's fast as hell. Who's the last running back that was relevant besides Chris Johnson that I can think of that like ran a 40 that fast? No, that's probably the last one. Oh, and his was like a 428, apparently. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. he had the NFL or the combine record for a decade, 12 years, 15 years, something like that. Mm hmm. So, yeah. And, and if you look at this guy's tape, it's definitely impressive. It's not just like he's a track star. Like this guy is definitely a football player and he gets it done. That I love that you said he's just the football player because when you see him, he does. He'll stick his head into places just to get some extra yards. If he knows there's nothing else to get, he can't break to the outside no matter what. And he'll so it's like, fine, I'll put my helmet right into your chest and see if you can tackle me. Yeah, exactly. You get some of these track stars out here, and it's like, yeah, your 40 time is great, but like you're not, you don't play football, my guy. Like you got to, sometimes you got to sacrifice yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm totally with you on that. You said it perfectly. Um, round six, they drafted Elijah Higgins, tight end out of Stanford. Stanford's been putting out some, you know, decent talent lately, but we're talking about a round six tight end. Um, their, their tight end room, honestly, is kind of open in my mind. The only person that really sticks out to me is Tyler Croft, who did a little bit here and there. Uh, he's been floating around the league for a while, but it's someone I, I looked at Tyler Croft like maybe twice in the last 10 years in fantasy. This tight end room is wide open. Yeah. I, I mean, you're probably not going to see a lot from Elijah Higgins. My worry is that obviously last year with Gasicki, Gasicki became an outcast in the offense pretty quickly. And it sounded like he was more just he didn't vibe with the, the offensive staff. But my concern is that Elijah Higgins is kind of similar. He's not as big, but he's still mostly just a, a pass catching tight end he's not going to give you much in line in terms of blocking i mean i'm seeing an nfl comparison for him to jordan reed who couldn't block to save his life mm. so i mean he seems like he's just a pass catcher and un- unless the coaches really love him and obviously they might because they drafted him where gasicki was a holdover from the previous regime um 
maybe he can do it, but I, until the Dolphins start actually using the tight end, I'm not stay, going anywhere near any of the Dolphins' tight ends. Yep, I want to say avoiding him. Uh, and you brought up Mike Asiki. It's like saying Beetlejuice around me. You just you brought, <laughs> you brought it out of me, dude. He's on the Patriots now, and goddamn, better keep an eye on that motherfucker. But that's not what this episode is about. So let's keep it moving here. Minnesota Vikings, round one. They drafted Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC. Now we're getting kind of juicy here, talking about guys we actually give a shit about for the most part. Yep. Jordan Addison, you know, he was ranked number two for Jim. I had him at number four. You had him at number two. It's a wide receiver that obviously we all love during our running back rankings pre-draft. Receiver rankings. Um, What did I say? I meant to you say rookie. Ra- okay, well, our rookie rankings, just in general. We yeah. all love Jordan Addison. Then he goes to the Vikings. So how do you feel about him landing up there in the great white north? Honestly, I kind of forgot. I mean, it's a pretty bold claim of Zay Flowers being the number one rece- rookie receiver in fantasy this year going to Baltimore. I kind of forgot that Jordan Addison went to Minnesota, which we already know has an established offense. He's not going to get a whole lot of attention because you got Justin Jefferson on the other side. And he's immediately come in and probably be the wide receiver too there. I I mean, I can't see K.J. Osborne really being the number two receiver there. Now, granted, they're going to use a ton of three receiver sets, so they're both going to be on the field a bunch. But Jordan Addison is such a damn good route runner that I just expect him to be more productive. K.J. is more of that boomer bust guy where I think Jordan Addison is going to immediately come in and take over the Adam Thielen role. But like young Adam Thielen, that could really kill you. I think Jordan Addison honestly hits the ground running, and I might he might end up making me crow when it came to the Zay Flowers take. Making you crow or eat, eat crow? crow? Okay, I think said crow, and I was like, I don't, I don't think you're saying that right. <laughs> but I I think we know what you're saying, and yeah, uh, I think you said it perfectly. Even if he doesn't beat out KJ Osborne, he's going to see the field because a bunch of three wide receiver sets. And I would not be surprised if he beats out KJ Osborne. So a very valuable person to have in your team right now. And if you doubt us, just look at the highlights, man, which obviously they're highlights. Just look at the tape. If you can find actual tape on YouTube, do a little bit of digging. Jordan Addison, solid as fuck. And if he can come in and do, let's just say, you know, when Justin Jefferson hit the field, when Adam Thielen was wide receiver one, just come out booming. That's obviously a super high ceiling, but I mean, it's possible. Absolutely. So yeah, Jordan Addison landing in a, a fucking, honestly, one of the, the best spots for him probably as a wide receiver. Um, and round five, the Vikings took Jaron Hall out of BYU. Mm, yeah. What What about him? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about him, honestly. He's a little undersized. He's only he's six foot, 207. So kind of small arms, only less than 30-inch arms, which is kind of surprising for most quarterbacks. Then again, at six foot, that's probably pretty average. I'm seeing an NFL comp for him to Gardner Minshew. So, 
I mean, obviously Gardner Minshew had some magic. Jaron Hall might have the same. I guess he could end up being someone who could take over for Kirk Cousins available um, eventually. But I'm not going to bank on it. I kind of feel like if Kirk Cousins or when he you know retires, or whatever, or leaves the team, the Vikings will shift their pivot to getting a first round quarterback in one of the future drafts. Yeah, there's some promising guys coming up, you know, in the next couple of years, a lot of promising quarterbacks. Oh, and, yeah. and, the, and the backup to Kirk Cousins is Nick Mullins, who is honestly not the worst backup. No, so he's shown I, some I, flashes. <clears throat> oh, yeah, he's he's been great, and he's absolutely torn the Raiders apart in like one of his first starts. I'm so absolutely salty about that. That's more of like the Raiders sucking dick than, you know, Nick Mullins being great. But Jaron Hall... Uh, probably a practice squad guy, maybe. Yeah, I mean, unless the Vikings really decided to carry three quarterbacks, but very few do. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Practice squad here. So, you know, I guess keep an eye on him. We don't know shit about him. If you want to watch some film about him, see what's going on. But like you said, short arm, nothing too impressive so far. Um. Don't uh, come back at us in five years if he's starting <laughs> for somebody because, come on now, this guy's round five out of BYU. But round seven, let's just round it out real quick. Dwayne McBride running back out of UAB. Uh, what? <laughs> Honestly, actually, interesting pick. He was a second leading rusher in the FBS last year at over 1,700 yards. He looks like a guy who could develop into a solid starter in the NFL. And we, there's all these rumors about Dalvin Cook you know, being traded, <clears throat> even though he's put up, I think, four straight 1,000-yard seasons. <clears throat> With the devaluation of the running back position, teams just don't really want to have to, pl- to pay them. And so I could see Dwayne McBride, if he shows enough, might be that kind of like that last domino to push Dalvin Cook out to another team. Well, what about Alexander Madison? You know, even <clears> if <throat> Dalvin Cook goes somewhere, Alexander Madison has shown good promise. He has, but I don't think he's explosive enough to be your true RB1. He's a great guy to come in and in relief and be a spot starter in case of injury. But Dwayne McBride has a lot more wiggle in his hips, and Alexander Madison is just such a straight-ahead runner, and you're not going to see him you know, break anybody down with his moves, whereas Dwayne McBride gives you a little bit of everything. Honestly, I like his name. kind of rolls off the tongue. Something about it makes me feel like we're going to be talking about his name <laughs> in the next few years. I have nothing to, no intuition other than the fact I liked saying his name, Dwayne McBride. So, and from what you said, yeah, obviously you know, he he has promise. So yeah, keep an eye on Dwayne McBride. Next couple of years, see what's happening. Let's talk about the Patriots who don't draft fantasy relevant players ever, especially at the receiver and, position. Yet they took two. Yeah, they took two in fucking round six. Uh, Bill Belichick might be going C now because these guys are they could be falling off the map. Who knows? Maybe they'll make a playoff run next year. So, I mean, the two guys are Kayshawn Butte out of LSU and Demario Douglas out of Liberty. Now, going 
into last season, Keishon Butte was considered by most people a first-round wide receiver. Uh, his first two years at LSU, he looked really good, super dynamic, uh, looked like a guy who could end up being a star. And then this last season, he was super up and down. Um, I don't know if that was because of the changes at LSU, new offense, new quarterbacks. Their offense in general wasn't very good last year, so maybe that had something to do with it. But, I mean, the Patriots have such a terrible history of developing wide receivers. It's I can't see anything really happening with either of these guys. But at least Keishon Butte has some upside to him that maybe in maybe just a year, maybe two, he could end up being a really good, productive receiver in the league. If the Patriots decide to develop a wide receiver. Yeah, there's that. They did bring back Bill O'Brien, who was there and drafted DeAndre Hopkins and helped turn him into one of the best receivers in the league. That is a good point. Very good point. I mean, we might see a change of the tides here over in the Patriots, but my hopes aren't up. I like to stick with what's tried and true when it comes to fantasy. But if you're a risk taker, uh, from everything you said, Keishon Butte hopefully won't be Butte. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you're so, not the first one to make that pun. Yeah, I I just couldn't help it. That was a fucking layup. So let's talk about Demario Douglas. He drafted drafted him out of Liberty. Smaller guy, 5'8", 180 pounds. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> yep. No no hit. real thoughts on him, especially going to the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, he ran a 4-4. Got a good vertical, though, 39.5. Broad jump of 11.5 feet. Yeah, he's an explosive athlete. It's just it's the Patriots. It's Patriots, and he played for Liberty. So hopefully he does good, but fantasy-wise, we'll just wait to see it until it happens. So, yeah, there's a Patriot shit on the draft once again uh, with no fantasy-relevant players. Let's talk about the Saints. Round three, they picked up Kendra Miller, running back out of TCU. Damn, did TCU's whole offense get drafted? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Well, we like Kendra Miller. We talked about him in our, you know, rookie running back mm-hmm. episode here. Yeah, uh, Jimbo had him at number four. You didn't even rank him, apparently. I believe I had Kendra around number three. I didn't write it down because uh, sometimes I suck at doing this. So, yeah, Kendra Miller, running back out of TCU. How do you I feel like about his, it? I like his long-term upside, but, I mean, right now he's at the at the best. He's the running back three. He's been getting behind Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams. Even if Kamara does end up getting suspended, he's going to be behind Jamal Williams and see the field in kind of a third down back type of role. So he's just not going to give you a whole lot of fantasy relevancy right now. But I do like his long term upside to, you know, potentially end up taking over um, as RB1 in a few years. Yep. You you said it perfectly. Really, I just want to add this guy's got good size to him six foot, 220. His tape was fucking amazing to me. I I love what I saw out of him. So, yeah, if Alvin Kamara doesn't get suspended, 
he's going to be deep on the depth chart. Obviously, they're going to hold on to him for a while. But, you know, dynasty-wise, this is someone who could be interesting to you. Keep on your practice squad for year one. Hope things change in the landscape of New Orleans over the next year and see what happens. And let's talk about round four. They drafted a quarterback, Jake Hayner, out of Fresno State. And damn, the last good quarterback to come out of Fresno State, I believe, would be Derek Carr. Shout out to the <laughs> yep. shout out to the Raiders, even though he doesn't play for the Raiders anymore. Um what do you think about this one here? I mean, he's a long term backup. They signed uh <laughs> fuck. Told you, man, it's been a long day. Well, uh, they signed it, Derek Carr to what a five-year deal. Yeah, they're coming to Derek Carr, and they still have Jameis Winston as a backup. Which I don't know about you, but I have not given up on my boy still in them crab legs. Yeah, I'm a little surprised he went back. I think it was a one-year deal. I feel like he would have gone someplace to potentially compete. I mean, honestly, it seemed like maybe a reunion in Tampa would make sense with their quarterback room, but they went with Baker Mayfield instead. You think Jameis Winston was going to go back to Tampa? Well, yeah. I mean, why not? Where else is he going to go? At least there he'd have a chance to start, and now he's for sure a backup. Yeah, it's the whole thing is wild. You said it perfectly, though. Jake Hayner, long-term backup, because Jameis Winston, definitely going to be the backup to Derek Carr. Derek Carr can, people say he's injury prone, but he's really only missed a couple games in his career. He has had some horrible injuries with good timing because they were towards the end of the season, you know, fucking up his back, fucking up his leg. So, yeah, Jake Hanner. Didn't it completely derail a playoff run for you guys? God damn it, Tyler. That's not what we're talking about right now. I mean, <laughs> Lamar Jackson's gotten hurt the last couple of years at the end of the season, kind of derailed the Baltimore Ravens playoff run. So not the best time to get hurt. Yeah, but we're talking about, you know, Lamar, the Ravens have actually been on playoff runs. The Raiders were just trying to make the playoffs. That's fair. So I'm just saying, I, yeah. if my you know, star quarterback gets hurt, I'd rather happened at the beginning of the season he misses the first five or six games and not the last five or six games when you're trying to make a run i'm gonna start tearing up you just need to quit talking because <laughs> uh rp to my boy with the raiders Derek car fuck you <laughs> um <laughs> let's move on to round six here uh the saints drafted at perry out of wake forest the, the Saints, honestly, they're looking pretty good this year. Obviously, this guy, I don't know if he's going to – he might squeak into like a wide receiver three role, but they have a good wide receiver room. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, who I have no faith in, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, right now, they have Rashid Shahid as a wide receiver three, who did some good things towards the end of the year. But they still have Traquan Smith. They have Brian Edwards, who Derek Carr played with during you know Brian Edwards' early part of his career. This is a decently deep wide receiver room. I have no interest in this guy. Not right now, but I will say he's six three and a half with more than thirty three inch arms. He's a direct replacement for Michael Thomas if he can't stay healthy. So he can just run slants all day. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's that good of a route runner. That's the one thing that made Michael Thomas really stand out from the rest. But 
I AT Perry's a long term play. He's you know dynasty, and even then, I, I don't think he'd be on my taxi squad right now. Maybe as a third round pick, but uh, yeah, I think he's a, an interesting long term play. I will say this: wide receivers coming into the NFL with initials as their name, not doing too bad lately. AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. Uh, there has to be another one, but I mean, come on. It's, it's a weird tradition that's going on lately. I don't know why people are naming their kids initials, but maybe I should do that to my son. Just give him a little bit of extra push towards the NFL. <laughs> well, I think a lot of times it's cause like they shared the name with their dad or grandfather or something like that. And they didn't want to be called the same name. So then you give them a nickname. Well, that's disrespectful. Their dads must've absolutely sucked. Well, I mean, if they're both around, like, let's say his name's Alex and his dad's name's also Alex. When mom gets mad, she's like, Alex, they both go, what? No, they need to know who they're talking to. I know people like that. I know two Jeffs. And uh, are they brothers or father, son, father, son? And uh, Jeff is the old one. And Jeffrey is the younger one. You see what I'm saying? So like, I would not want to be called Jeffrey. It's I'm yeah I'm not white. Like, what are you I don't know how giraffe? people do these things? Yeah, it's it's horrible. It's a horrible name to have. But you know, it was Alex and Alex. It's like Alex and Alexander. You know? Oh come on, man! When you're mad at someone, you can't yell Alexander with any kind of like real force behind it. They did it in Greece all the time, two thousand years ago. So what? Uh, I don't know. It was a popular <laughs> name back then. <laughs> I read a lot of old history. So <laughs> you trying to like make a reference to like Alexander the Great? Yeah, it was super relevant two thousand years ago. Yeah, he was also um, the Empire or Emperor. So I don't think anyone was <laughs> yelling Alexander at him. Yeah, the Empire Alexander. <laughs> yes. Welcome to our history podcast, hosted by oh, two guys shit. with a <laughs> North Central education. Uh, Ooh, so public schools, <laughs> let's go. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to <laughs> God. We're a couple of fucking retards right now. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just keep moving here. Um, <laughs> the New York Giants in round three, they selected Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver out of Tennessee, through a, a pick that went through four fucking teams or three teams before it got to the Giants. The Rams had it, the Texans had it, the Browns had it, then the Giants had it. Nobody wanted this pick, apparently. So, Jalen Hyatt. All the better for the Giants. I mean, a lot of people thought Jalen Hyatt would sneak into the end of the first round. Having him drop all the way to the third is insane. He's a pure burner. He's going to open up the field for the offense. Um, Hopefully, can find a connection with Daniel Jones. I know, I think you and James were a lot higher in him than I was when we were talking about our receiver rankings. My concern is that the offense at Tennessee was easily scripted to give him wide open looks. And so my concern is that when that's not happening in the NFL, how well is he going to be able to separate from defenders? If you have a good press corner, Jalen Hyatt's really slight. I'm worried about him even be able to get off the line. I feel you, and we both had him at five. You didn't even rank him. We did top five rankings, right? So um, we we had him pretty high, definitely. 
Uh, he won the Belenikov Award last year. Oh, well, I mean, when there's no one guarding you, it's easier to do that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I had it up last time we when we did our rookie rankings. Ranking. Or yeah, the Belenikov Award winners have a pretty good record. Yeah, a pretty good record of guys who came into the NFL and at least produced for a couple seasons. Yeah. So, obviously, that's not the end-all, be-all when it comes to looking at a wide receiver, especially these days, because there's so many good ones. But running a 4-4-40, he's a little undersized, six foot, 176 pounds. I think you give this guy a couple years, Jalen Hyatt could be relevant. For sure. I mean, the nice thing touchdowns in 12 games. I know what you're saying. They were scripting it for him, but 15 touchdowns in 12 games. Yeah. And he killed kind of Alabama. Undeniable. That's the biggest thing that everyone goes back to. Like, he showed up in big games. So that's huge. The other nice thing, though, he has a chance to really develop with Daniel Jones since they signed him to a long-term deal. Signing who to a long-term deal? Daniel Jones. Who's that? No, I'm kidding. I got you. <laughs> Sorry. Danny Dimes, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny Dimes. Oh, yeah, the guy who can run like Josh Allen, but they won't let him. Yeah, I got you. Well, I mean, I'd be concerned, too, when he gets tackled by Ghost. We played football with somebody like that. One of my best friends, Aaron Alley. You know, you get in the wide open no, field. No, he was seeing Ghost because he had 14 concussions. Same with Aaron Alley. He had to stop playing football. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, was Aaron. I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just like full of naming people on the podcast. Sorry. Yeah. We're talking about Jibs. He's a redhead, short yeah. kid. Either way. Hey, shout out to Jibs, um, too. He's a he's a very consistent listener for us. It's it's great <laughs> to have friends supporting you. <laughs> yeah, shout, shout out to the redhead Jiblets out here raising his son, uh, sucking beers or whatever the fuck he does for a job. I'm a horrible friend. I don't know what he does. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, Jalen Hyatt. Is, so, he is in a good spot then. Yeah, I mean, he has the ability to, de- to develop with Daniel Jones. So, I like him. I think he has a very good long-term upside. But I think he's going to really need to develop moves to get off the line when guys come up and impress him. Dude, let me name this wide receiver room. I don't want to spend too much time on it. But real quick, Paris Campbell. Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson. Yeah, it's not do good. Any of these guys, like, they really, like, you do feel threatened by any of those guys if you no. have Jalen Hyatt? No, not at all. I mean, none they of them pass have the ball. shown to be able to do any consistent production. Uh, I mean, honestly, the one that shows that he could be a stud in the league of Sterling Shepard, but the dude can't stay on the field. He has major injury every single year. It's like it's ACL too late. and an Achilles and like a patellar tendon. Like the dude's a walking medical mystery. Yeah. The script is out on Sterling Shepard. And when I say scripts, I'm talking about medical scripts. scripts <laughs> he's probably had fucking a hundred of them. Yeah. But Wanda Robinson is honestly the only person I, I see in that list of names where I'm just like, maybe eventually. Right. So I would not be surprised if Jalen Hyatt makes a decent impact year one. And we're talking about someone drafting in round three. It's it, it could be a good position for you. So let's talk about the Giants' next pick, round five, Eric Gray. 
running back out of Oklahoma, the Sooners. I don't know shit about him. What do you know about Eric Gray? Um, he should come in and <clears throat> be able to immediately give Saquon Barkley relief. Uh, he's a better back, I think, already than Matt Breed is. And Saquon is still holding out. And apparently there's not a whole lot of movement on signing him to a long-term extension like he wants. I mean, do you think he can pull a Le'Veon Bell and set up the entire season? I mean, I'm, I don't think he will. Let's fucking hope he doesn't, because Le'Veon Bell ruined his goddamn career by doing That's that. That's fair. Now he's trying to be a rapper and a celebrity boxer. Saquon Barkley or Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Okay, sorry. I, I, I just don't know what's going on. And you should give me kudos for saying Saquon Barkley's name right for the first you time. You know what? You were right. Ever. That's really the only reason I'm even saying it. Um, but yeah. So Eric Gray, that's... Could end up being uh, relevant early in the season if Saquon does you know, stick to his holdout. Yeah, around seven running back. It could definitely happen. That's very interesting. Anything can happen, or round seven, sorry, round five. Round five running back. Either way, yeah. So it could be a good point. You brought up some great points with the you know, Saquon holding out here. Let's talk about the Jets making uh, not really that many good picks here, fantasy-relevant-wise. In round five, they took Israel Abanaconda, uh, the Black Panther running back out of Pittsburgh. Return yeah. to Abanaconda. What do you know about him? Um, I mean, I know a lot about him. I had him in my rankings. Is he Abanaconda? Uh, he we had fun saying his name. The problem is he's in a he's just <laughs> buried in his running back depth chart. There's so many guys there. Zadarius Smith or Zen Zendarius Knight. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, Zadarius Knight. Uh, oh yeah. You have the reigning rookie of the year coming back after off the injury. I guess it wasn't the rookie year. He pro- probably would have been if he didn't get hurt. Ah, but I kind of, I love it. Or whatever. I yeah, it's like been that. a while since I've seen Lion King. So, uh, <laughs> is that what we were doing in the last episode? I can't remember. Uh, probably. probably. I don't remember. It probably either. was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah. So the Jets with their running back backfield that we got going on, you feel good about what's going on? Not for Izzy. It, it, it it's an interesting backfield. You, you know, Brees Hall obviously I mean, it's someone Zonovan Knight. It's a Darius. Jesus. Zonovan Knight. Sorry. Uh yeah, we got it in right. Front of him. And Brees Hall. That's who I couldn't remember the name of. I think the reason is that Darius was my name because he was just traded from the Vikings to the Browns. Oh yeah, yeah. We're thinking linebackers here, which doesn't fucking matter. But you I know, know, but it was just... in the brain recently for a Z name. Honestly, I don't blame you. It's hard to keep up with this kind of shit. It's there's a million names in the world, and black people are very creative. <laughs> I'll just say that. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's not a bad thing. Just... <laughs> I was not expecting it. Well, you're better than naming your kid Aiden five times when you have five kids or whatever the fuck people yes. do. So, um, yeah. 
<laughs> five eleven two fifteen out of Pittsburgh. It he's in a decent spot, but obviously he's in a definitely a definite committee. So let's talk about round seven here. Or, unless you got something to say. No, I was just gonna briefly say I saw Izzy as potentially being like a Damian Pierce type situation this year if you went to the right situation, but he went to the very wrong situation to have that happen. I have Aaron Rodgers, who's like a second head coach. What if he, what, you know, what if he likes him? I mean, I suppose that could happen. You never know. Coming out of old Schittsburg there, city of steel. But uh, round seven, they drafted Zach Kuntz, tight end out of Old Dominion. Oh, shit. Old Dominion had a player that got drafted? Holy shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That happens like once every 10 years. Yeah, so uh, three times in our lifetime, an Old Dominion player has been drafted. <laughs> this one is a tight end. Um, he is behind Tyler's Conklin. The Tyler's Woo-hoo. ain't dead yet, baby. CJ Uzama and another guy whose name doesn't really even matter. This guy's so not seen the neither field, does right? Zach Koontz. Exactly. So let's just keep her moving. At this point, he might as well be Zach Koontz. <sighs> Jesus, dude. Yeah, I did okay. that. Yeah, you did it. Um, I appreciate the pun try. <laughs> I don't think it was a pun. I think it was more just a straight insult. Oh, fuck. Okay, I hope this guy <laughs> makes the Hall of Fame just because of that. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the Eagles. They drafted one fantasy relevant player because they are probably the most complete team in the league. Let's just be honest. And he's not even fantasy relevant. No, he's not. Round six, the draft for the quarterback, Tanner McKee. Um, that's an extremely white-sounding name. I don't even have to look at his picture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tanner so, alone. Is there yeah, anybody yeah. who's not white that's named Tanner? Uh, if not, I feel sorry for you. He's behind Jalen Hurts and Marcus Mariota and Ian Book. This guy's fucked. He's not seeing the field. He's Let's probably get, not even gonna make the team. That probably not even the practice squad. He'll probably get cut. Yeah, I'm sorry. And if by chance he does happen to hear this podcast, which he won't, um, we have no hate. We just are realists. So yeah. uh, just be real with yourself, my boy, and uh, keep walk, keep on working. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Only one fancy player, round three. Oh, he a big one. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah, we like this guy. They drafted a tight end out of Georgia. Darnell Washington. We like us some Darnell Washington over here on this podcast. You know, I love me some good tight ends. And I don't know why I said it like that. But um, <laughs> it's just, it just naturally came out. But <laughs> either way, I love tight ends. We love us some Darnell Washington. Homeboy's big as fuck and athletic as fuck. His tape is extremely impressive. What do you guys say about our boy Darnell? I mean, he's an athletic marvel. Uh, nobody should be able to be as big as he is and as athletic as he is and as strong as he is. He's going to immediately come in, and he will, in terms of blocking, he needs to really get better at his technique. But in terms of his pure strength, he's going to dominate defensive ends on the on the inline of, of the, the – for oh, my God. Inline blocking, he's going to dominate defensive ends from day one because of how strong he is. If he can dial in his technique there, he's going to be great. He's a superb athlete. You're going to be able to dial up certain things for him. The biggest problem, he's got the moves in front of him. 
Like, what are you going to do with that? We, we the moose is the move. guy. Yeah, and, and we like to moose it, moose it in honor of Jimbo, who's in Greece, probably extremely hungover. Um, hopefully, lay next to a naked girl right now, but you know, <laughs> who knows what he's doing? That's saying a lot. Um, ah, who knows, man? It's Greece. Uh, it gets greasy over there. You know what I'm saying? Oh God! But sorry, I can't help it. But yeah, Darnell Washington, he's fucking huge. He's six seven, two sixty seven. We're talking about somebody coming out of college. Yeah. He, he's a massive human being. And the other problem is not only is behind the Muth, but the Steelers, at least on paper, have a pretty decent wide receiver room. So how much are they going to run a two tight end set? You have Deontay Johnson there where we, we know um, still developing a little bit. And you have the chemistry with Kenny Pickett. Uh, we already know George Pickens is a highlight reel catch waiting to happen in every game and they did trade for Allen robinson which we know has had major issues the last couple of years but it wasn't that far removed from being a true wide receiver one um so if he can develop some chemistry with kenny pickett which he clearly never wasn't able to do so with matthew stafford i mean i just don't see a whole lot of playing time for darnell washington I'm mostly with you. I'm not really phased by the Allen Robinson thing. I'm not either, and, but, you know, just putting it out there. And with teams that play, you know, in the colder weather, the Steelers, I, I, I see Darnell Washington getting at least like a 40% snap count average on the year. That'd be great. I, I think he's going to see a good amount of time on the field. But, yeah, he is behind the move, which, you know, deser- deservedly so. We all love us Pat Fryer move over here. Um, Darnell Washington, someone to definitely just keep your eye on, man. See what happens. And uh, how long has the Muth been in the league? Two years now? Two or three, yeah. Yeah, so he's going to be getting close to the end of his rookie contract. Darnell Washington could really, you know, find himself in a nice position here in the next couple of years. All right. Yeah, definitely a long play, but man, I'd, I'd love to see him do well. So let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers. God, I fucking hate this team. But um, <laughs> Honestly, there's not a ra- lot to talk about with their draft picks. Yeah, not really much. In round three, they took Cameron Latu. Latu? Am I saying that wrong? Um, Tight end. Sure, honestly. I'm going to say Latu. I assume he's Samoan. He's probably big as fuck. Uh, out of Alabama. We did not talk about him when we talked about our tight ends, which we didn't record that episode, but we did write it down. <laughs> um, I mean, he's 6'4", 242. That sounds very Samoan, yeah. Um, Is he from Hawaii? Probably. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, no, he's from Salt Lake City. <laughs> Quit fucking lying. <laughs> um, I mean, I just are you don't serious? See it. I mean, he's gonna be yeah, he's from Salt Lake. Uh, he's the no. understudy right now to George Kittle, and that's the most you can say. That's a good point, and obviously Alabama SEC competition, all that good shit. Da 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 da. This guy's pretty big, six four two forty two. What's that forty time looking like though? You know. I mean, does that really matter with the tight end? They say he's a uh, decent blocker. 
It kind of does. If someone's running a four nine or a four six, do you, honestly, is that a big difference to you? It is to me. Yeah, I think I, I think he's an average athlete, so it's probably in the four six four seven range. I already closed this page out. I didn't care anymore. I was moving forward. Okay, yeah, well, I'm moving forward too. Then in round seven, they drafted Ronnie Bell, wide receiver out of Michigan. Um, good name. I don't know shit about him. He's. <laughs> That should be the title of this episode. I don't know shit about him. <laughs> I mean, realistically, he's a possession type of receiver with the offense that the Niners are running. I'm not sure if they have a whole lot of room for him. But at the same time, I can't think of a single guy on the roster that can give him those kind of tools. Because um, they have so many just like explosive athletes that are there to break open a play on, on any given down. So... I mean, maybe he scratches the service and gets a little bit of playing time, but other than that, I mean, no. All righty then. Let's talk about our home state team. Woo! The Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, you fucking love them, but, you know, you're fucking... <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah, let's talk about the Seahawks. Um, honestly, killed the draft, in my opinion. Um, but fantasy relevant players, we're talking about three picks here. And round one, the Seahawks took Jackson Smith and Jigba. That, am I saying that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Wide receiver at Ohio State. We love this guy. The absolute number one wide receiver in our opinions. Honestly, I think I, he was the number one receiver in most analysts draft class. And, and I like to be different than, you know all the talk that's going on in the NFL world, but it's kind of undeniable. Yeah. This guy was definitely the best wide receiver in the draft. CS got him at number 20. How are you feeling about it? Oh, I love it. Um, he couldn't have gone to a better situation to start his career where he gets to be behind DK and Tyler Lockett to begin for the first couple years of his year. And then he'll take over for Tyler Lockett when, when he moves on. Um, Jackson Smith and, and Jigba, I, I expect to have a very solid rookie season. Like I said, I am had my money on Zay Flowers and then maybe even Jordan Addison in terms of production for their rookie seasons. But a long-term play, Jackson Smith and Jigba has the highest ceiling out of that class and went to an amazing situation. So there's no reason that he shouldn't be, a, I would say, probably a top three pick in Dynasty drafts. Oh, yeah, he definitely should be. And we said this on our rookie rankings episode. When C.J. Stroud had all three of these guys on the team, back when he still had Chris Olave and Garrett, Garrett Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. And Marvin like, Harrison Jr., who's probably going to be the number one receiver in, in next year's draft. Yep, who so, at the time was coming up, though, because it's like a year ago. But he, Yeah, he was a I freshman. I he saw. Yeah, and C.J. Stroud said, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best receiver on their team. And Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, obviously were drafted last year, and those guys both came into the league and were immediately productive. Yeah, both first-round picks. I'm pretty sure Garrett Wilson also said the same thing, that he was the best receiver in the room. Regardless of where Garrett Wilson was drafted and what he thought about himself, he said, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's that guy. So the Seahawks landed in a good spot. Um and Jigba, from a fantasy perspective, not the best spot initially, but from a long-term perspective, like you said, he's definitely in a you know he's in a, he's in a great situation. 
playoffs. Yeah, I mean, realistically, I think he could give you wide receiver three production this year when it comes to fantasy relevancy. So depending on how your draft this or your league setup, if you have three receivers or or a flex play, I think he's a solid play most weeks. We'll see how it goes, you know, once the, the season starts, but I I could see him being a contributor week in, week out. Well, especially with the fact that you know, their running back room is extremely light this year for being a Seahawks team. They have Kenneth Walker and DJ Dallas, so I, I, I see where you're coming from. I mean, they they did draft, too. Dra- oh, yeah, and we're getting there. <laughs> a little foreshadowing. A little foreshadowing. A little foreshadowing, I guess you would say. Uh, and round two, sorry, that was a huge reach. Yeah, uh, they drafted <laughs> Zach Charbonnet, running back out of UCLA. We talked about him on our rookie rankings episode. How do you feel about the old Charbonnet? Good back. Um, not a great situation for him to fall into because we we know that Kenneth Walker is the starter there. But I think this is a play because, again, before the draft, there was only two running backs on the entire roster, so they needed to add depth there. But right now, Charbonnet is going to be the guy to give Kenny Walker the a spell when he needs it. And I could see him being the lead back in the two-minute role because he's a very good pass catcher. I'd say he's probably better than Kenny Walker. So, But other than that, you're not going to get a ton of fancy production from him. Just like anything these days, running back by committees everywhere, but let's just say Kenneth Walker went down. Zach Charbonnet that, looking pretty good, right? Yeah, I think he can be a solid running back in the league. It's just it's a crappy situation for him. And I don't see this as much of a uh, RB, a running back committee. I think it's still Kenneth Walker's backfield, and Charbonnet is there just to spell him when he's tired. So... I, I don't see this as like a 1A, 1B thing. I think this is a true still, you know, RB1 versus an RB2. For the love of God, I hope On a depth so. chart, not fancy relevancy. Charbonnet shouldn't be in any starting lineup. I would definitely roster him, though, in case something happened to Kenny Walker. He's a great, should be a great handcuff. Yeah, and it's a great fucking thing to hear. I'm so sick of looking at a team's roster and be like, which one of these three running backs is going to do something productive? God, I, I feel like an old man, honestly. I'm so well, back in my day, you know, we started one running back. We were fine. And now you have to like yep. just dive so deep into it. So um, I, I'd be fine with that, especially for the first couple of years. But Zach Sharpney, he has a good, good upside and a good future ahead of him. And the Seahawks, as they probably heard me talking, which they probably didn't because they don't give a shit. Um, the running back room is light, so they drafted another running back in round seven. Kenny McIntosh, running back out of Georgia. Um, I think if you heard everything we just said about Charbonnet, Kenny McIntosh is kind of uh, definitely a thought on the back end, the back back end. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a depth play for the Seahawks. There, he has no fantasy relevance. And we'll just keep moving on from those Macintosh computers that ended up becoming Apple's. <laughs> Sorry. I just entertain myself uh, too, <laughs> too much. 
Okay, let's talk about the Buccaneers. Uh, in round five, they drafted a tight end, Payne Durham. That's a hell of a fucking name out of Purdue. Payne Durham. What do we got to say about this guy? I mean, who do they even have a tight end on the Buccaneers right now? Uh, that's an excellent question, honestly. I got you right now. Oh, they got Kay Dotton, who obviously I think he's, you know, the clear cut guy to be getting a majority snaps. Names in a tight end room here Cade Cotton, Co Keift, and Payne Durham. I, I think you said all those names wrong. Um, what? No, maybe, maybe you didn't. Well, it's Kate Cade Cotton. Oh, I heard Cotton. I was like, dude, no. But yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, they got good tight end names, but uh, as far as the guys who are going to do anything, uh, K-Dotten, right? So, Payne Durham, nah. Yeah, the problem is, obviously, the quarterback situation. Right now, I think Baker Mayfield is the pencil in QB1, and maybe he can keep Mike Evans and Chris Godwin fantasy relevant, but outside of those guys, I'm not probably drafting anybody on the Buccaneers. Dude, are you buying into the Kyle Trask hype, though? Like, they've been holding on to him, and they kind of believe in that guy. I mean, he's under contract. Of course, he's, they're holding on to him. I mean, obviously, they drafted him, what, the third round a few years back? So, he has decent tape. Who He did get to learn under Tom Brady for a few years, get that tutelage. We'll see how that develops. And could he beat up Baker Mayfield? Sure. Is that a high bar? Not really. Did you say beat up, like in a street fight, or beat out? Beat out. You probably, you probably beat him out, too. He's 6'5". Holy shit, he's huge. I mean, he's got that reach, but... Dude, in a street fight? Come on. Baker's got that dog on him. No, he doesn't. He does all say commercials or whatever the fuck he does. Yeah, he's going to say a joke and then punch you in the nose. Uh, sneaky. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah that's, that's some Baker shit, honestly. She's probably just square up. That's some bitch shit. But uh, <laughs> we're getting sidetracked here. Um, round six, they drafted somebody with the best name in the goddamn draft. Trey <laughs> Palmer. This is Palmer. Trey Palmer. Yeah, he's a wide receiver out of Nebraska. Um, what? I mean, they have a great wide receiver room. What are we going to do about that? Nothing. I mean, he's ran a four three three, so it's fast as shit. Okay, well, so did oh, they get rid of that white dude they had? I mean, they got Chris got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Scotty? Russell Gage. Um, yeah, what happened to him? I guess he's not there. Not on this roster I'm looking at. Well, we so yeah, they, <clears throat> they need another fast white guy. I swear to God, if Trey Palmer's white. Why are all the trays white? They were all black. Oh, he is black. Ha! <laughs> We're still around bringing color to the world. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, they brought in another speedster to replace old Scotty. What was his name? Scott? I don't know. I tried to type him into the sleeper app, and he doesn't even come up. He's probably not on a roster. Well, put in Scott, not Scotty. You no, know, he goes Scotty by Scotty. No. That Fiona and me do it in my van. Scotty Sunday. Miller. That was his name. Yeah. He's not even in the app anymore? No. Oh, he's probably doing like crypto farming or something, whatever white people do these days. Uh, so. 
I don't think he's on our roster right now. Well, oh, wait, maybe he's in him. Atlanta. Hold on. I think I found it. No, he's not. I was there two weeks ago. I didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's say he's currently signed to Atlanta. He's wearing number zero. Ah, he didn't deserve it. But, okay. Yeah, Trey Palmer, 10 Bay Bucks, round six. Uh, super, super, super deep if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Let's talk about the Titans. They drafted Will Levis. Fuck, we're finally talking about a goddamn quarterback. <laughs> we hit all the other big ones in the f- first episode. Okay, so yeah, round two. They got Will Levis, quarterback out of Kentucky. How do you feel about Will Levis? People are high on this guy, and I it's interesting, but... Yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm not seeing it. At one point, I mean, they just see traits, right? They they think they can mold and eradicate the mistakes he makes. Um, But it's hard not to see a potential star when you look at the way he can throw the ball and his size and speed and everything. So he can certainly develop and be a Josh Allen type. There was a lot of, you know, comparisons to him. So we'll see what happens. Um, it is interesting that he went from rumors of him being the, the number one overall pick or at least a top five, to then dropping all the way to the second round. Well, first pick of the second round. So I saw those memes about him being all sad in the draft room. Yeah. His girlfriend talks yeah. shit, though. Gia Dunny. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know. White white girls tend to look nice, so yeah. She's not white. Uh, what? Yeah. What? She wasn't. No, she's she's not like pure white. She's she's got something in her. I don't know what it is. Oh, look it up yourself. Well, oh, of course, that's what makes them look nice. It's like mostly white. You got a little something else that <laughs> makes it look good. Trust Anyways, me. <laughs> um, apparently, one of the biggest reasons he fell is that. Teams didn't like the way he carried himself and his attitude. Apparently, he came off extremely cocky in a lot of interviews, and it rubbed teams the wrong way. Is that what you want in a quarterback? Is confidence? Confidence, but not cockiness. There's a difference. There is. Good point. I'm socially retarded, so I, th- I guess I think they're both the same thing. Um, I mean, I yeah, no. think that that line that Baker Mayfield tried to walk, you know, between confidence and cockiness, and then it became more cockiness when he started mm. not producing on the field, and now we see where he's at in his career. That's Gotta be humble out here, comparison. folks. Great comparison. Yep. Uh, what did Kendrick say? You know, bitch, sit down. <laughs> be humble. But yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, Will Levis going to the Titans, but so right now he's backing up Malik Willis. No, you have Ryan Tannehill there. Is Tannehill going to start again? Yeah, he's he's going to be their starter this year, and then ultimately it might be for this season only at this point. Um. Uh, Maybe two, but it sounds like they're done with Malik Willis already. Um, they're already calling him a bust. They want to move forward. And if Levis get to sit behind Tannehill for a year, and they'll 
probably be poor again because the team overall, just that roster construction is great. They'll get another top 10 pick next year and they can work on adding in just more talent. Speaking of poor, Tannehill is like the poor man's Kirk Cousins. So it's not a bad man to learn behind. Fair. In my opinion. I don't know why I'm talking shit at this point. I just feel like it. Um, But am I lying, though? Probably not. So, yeah, Will Levis in a good spot as a rookie quarterback. Let's talk about their next pick here. They get drafted Tajay Spears, running back, out of Tulane. What do you know about Tajay Spears? Um, I know, I think he was a leading rusher in the FBS last year. And a lot of people thought he would go higher in the draft than he did. But right before the draft came out, it was shown from his medical records that he has no ACL in one of his knees. He had multiple injuries to it, and it's not in his knee anymore. And they're worried about arthritis building up very young, even potentially now. So I'm not sure how much long-term upside he really has. I know they drafted him as maybe a long-term replacement to Derrick Henry. But, I mean, if his knee's arthritic already... He's going to live up to the NFL name, not for long. How do they even like find that shit out? That's crazy. I mean, they but. go through a full like medical and physical in the draft process. That's crazy. So he's basically missing a ligament and still gets drafted in round three. Yeah. And we know that, um, fuck, what is his name? Mike Vrabel? The head coach, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he he doesn't really want to like mess around, so uh, he must have faith. I mean, obviously he's playing without an ACL. He's a tough guy. Um, it's not the biggest concern in terms of him being able to production. The bigger concern is the arthritis because you know that can be debilitating. We all know with the running backs, very short-lived careers. So if they can get a nice three years out of him, honestly, three years is like. Impressive. Yeah, but what? Getting out Two of, of those back. are behind Derrick Henry. <sighs> Shit. Hopefully, like five of those are behind Derrick Henry because I'm holding on to him. Oh man, you but, know yeah. Derrick Henry's got much left. He's what 29. He's about to hit that wall, especially the amount of carries he's had. He's an anomaly. That's a whole different conversation, though. Don't make me depressed. <laughs> it's almost eleven o'clock at night. I need him. <laughs> um. So, yeah, let's move on to uh, round five. Josh White, tied in out of Wild. Cincinnati. White? Oh, Wild. sorry. There's no T just... in that. Uh, is he white, though? <laughs> so, Josh Wild. Probably. Probably, yeah. Uh, his name is Josh. He's a tight end out of Cincinnati. So, yeah, Josh Weil, my bad, didn't have my document font big enough for my old ass to read. Either way, drafted by the Titans in round five. Round five here. Um, not much to say, right? He's six six. He's gonna be a uh, behind. Oh God, what is that tight end name in Tennessee? He's got a crazy name. Uh, who's got the crazy name? Uh, Chigazium Aconquo. He's oh. behind him. Who showed a little bit of promise at the end of last year, and they like him in Tennessee. They think he'll develop some. So. 
uh, Josh Weil is probably screwed for at least a little while. Yeah, uh, yeah, but he he's got some room to go in. I, I, we talked about I forgot what we called them. We called them like Chig Conquo last year. I think we it went by Chi- I think it was by Chiggy. Oh hell yeah! Meet me at the holiday. <laughs> but so yeah, um, I mean, if Chig ends up messing this up, Josh Wild's in a good position to just start. And yeah. another guy who's uh, similar he's size six, six, six. and. Yeah, could just kind of replace his role. That'd be interesting. So, yeah. Uh, I love this. Honestly, I'm going to put that one in the back of my brain. Josh Weil, not white. Gotcha. Um, round seven, wide receiver, Colton Dowell, drafted out of Tennessee Martin. God, is that even like a D2 yeah. college? I think he's in an FCS school. Okay, yeah, so he goes to the Titans, and he's joining a wide receiver room with Kyle Phillips, Nick Westbrook, Akine, who we, honestly, I think has, like, promising traits. Traylon Burks, who we should all like. There's not much competition. Chris Moore, I guess, is probably someone he has to beat out. Yeah, I mean, he's 6'3", so a big guy. He And he is a Tennessee man through and through. Born in Lebanon, Tennessee, goes to Tennessee Martin, drafted by the Tennessee Titans. So if anybody know that knew this kid, it's the Titans. Um, he also has a mustache like Steve Harvey. Okay, so I'm spending a first round pick on him now. <laughs> Hell yeah. Honestly, the, la- the only person that reminds me of is Adam Thielen. Like from the area, goes to school in the area, a small school gets Oh with Minnesota, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So obviously not not a great comparison, but that'd be a cool story to see. Uh, I mean it could. I mean, no one knew who Adam Thielen was until he started producing in the NFL. No one ever heard him before that. Oh yeah, well I mean I think he made the team by a tryout. That's crazy. So yeah, Adam Thielen, shout out to him. Uh, good times are over fantasy-wise, but, man, it was fun while it lasted. Let's round this out by talking about the Washington Commanders doing Washington Commander things by not doing anything in the fucking draft fantasy-wise. <laughs> round six, I drafted Christopher Rodriguez, running back out of Kentucky. What a great last name. I hope he's Mexican. Um, how do we feel about that? I mean... There's not a whole lot to say about it. Obviously, he's in behind a few guys in Washington. Um, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. Yeah, Antonio Gibson. Thank you. This motherfucker, he's not going to see the field. I know. But there's these rumors that the team really likes Chris Rodriguez. Don't know why. They like him a lot. Obviously, he's going to be behind... Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Um, so I don't see how much he plays the field, but there's rumors that the team really likes him. So I would say just keep an ear out through training camp and see what kind of starts happening there. Man, maybe we should look at the film and see what's good, but it's not someone that was on our radar. Christopher Rodriguez. I mean, Lance Zerline on NFL.com has an NFL comparison to Benny Snell Jr., who's been a career backup. So I just don't see how that bodes well for Chris Rodriguez to see a ton of the field. 
Good point. Good point. That's why you're on this podcast, because you just know things, and you find them out. <laughs> I'm like Tyrion from say... Game of Thrones. I drink, and I know things. Oh, that's crazy, because I drink, and I don't know shit. Maybe I'm just like <laughs> like his retarded brother or something, you know? <laughs> I'd say you're Joffrey, but I don't want you to die. That's a complete insult in every direction. I can't even <laughs> take a positive. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't even think of a positive thing that motherfucker did during that shit. But yeah, so he became king. that's us. Uh, I don't give a shit. He's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Threw me off. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. That rounds out the fucking episode, man. We were talking about the goddamn draft. Football season's coming, baby. We got all kinds of good shit coming for you. You know, we're going to do our fucking pre-draft rankings for standard drafts, uh, which in our minds is half PPR. What else am I missing, Bigger? You know, we got good shit coming. Oh, of course. I mean, is that we're back to that kind of that low point in the offseason where we can basically go any direction we want so well i'm sure we'll have some surprises up our up our sleeves for you guys oh yeah we'll be doing some mock drafts once we get into the summertime you know probably july early august it's pretty far out at this point but you know how that goes once the weather gets nice time starts flying so you better start paying attention we got plenty of good episodes coming probably do some cuff carry cuts just for funsies hell yeah man i'm all about that one so, yeah, that's pretty much the episode. Anything else you want to be touching on, Ty? No, that covers it. Talk to you guys next week. Hell yeah. And that's pretty much what it is. That rounds out uh, what we're talking about. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers, wherever you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, things I'm forgetting about. It doesn't matter. Click like. Wherever you subscribe. get your, your podcast from, we're there. Yeah, wherever you listen to on, don't matter. Make sure you're doing all that shit so that when we upload a new episode, you'll get a notification. You can hear what's going on, see what we're talking about. And uh, yeah, five stars only. If you're not doing five stars, just fuck off. We don't want you. Um, no, we do want you. But yeah, five stars only, just, just for funsies and good faith. So yeah, that's the episode. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Fathers. And we will catch y'all next week. Bye.